to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. I looked at him and I'm like, I thought he was using that to witness to me, right? And I, as he's reading that to me, I says, sir, I says, the strangest thing, I taught that exact study in, at church. He goes, I know. He goes, those are your notes. I wrote those notes when I was sitting in the church. <laughs> and he says, here, look at it. I've got all the notes. He says, from your sermon when you were talking about knowing about a fruit tree and you know by the fruit that it bears and without any fruit, by looking at the leaves, you can't tell what kind of tree that is. And I said, you stole my sermon. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. But it just warmed my heart. I says, I thought you were witnessing to me. And I'm thinking, this is weird. That sounds awfully familiar. Those, he says, yeah, those, because it better sound familiar. He says, actually, you passed the test. I was wondering if you would remember that lesson. I said, oh, I remember it very well. But it's true. I mean, think through that. It, you know, if you go to someone's house and they've got fruit trees and they're, the, the season, it's not fruit time. There's no fruit on that tree. Could you go to that tree and say, oh yeah, maybe you can. Maybe you can look at the leaves and you're good like that. I can't. You could put in front of me, you could put a pear tree there and I can't look at the leaf and say, yeah, that's a pear tree. That's an apple tree. I can tell by the leaves. Maybe an avocado because those leaves are kind of different, aren't they? But how can you tell if that's a fruit tree, unless there's fruit on the tree. And how can anyone tell if we're Christians unless we're bearing fruit? God chose you. You're a chosen generation. Why did he choose us? It tells us. Jesus said, I chose you because I've appointed you to bear fruit. God wants us to bear good fruit. And I want to bear good fruit. I want you to bear good fruit. We're a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood. I, I looked up the definition of royal priesthood. It means a priestly or king, excuse me, priest of a kingly rank. Doesn't that sound pretty important? Priest of a kingly rank. We're a royal priesthood. You know, today we think of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles and Prince William and Prince Harry and the others. They have an earthly an earthly royalty, if, if you can say it that way. But we have a heavenly royalty. We have an eternal royalty. Do you know that every one of us as believers, that we're priests? We're royalty? Do you know your father's a king? Do you know he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords? And he rules over everything? He owns everything? He has dominion over everything? That's her dad. We're a royal priesthood. Are we acting like a royal priesthood? I, I say probably not always, but we are. If he's called you out of darkness, if he's called you into his marvelous light, he's, call, he's calling us his royal priesthood. Kings and priests, do you know in the millennial kingdom, according to Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, that we will rule and reign with him as kings and priests for a thousand years here on earth? We're going to rule and reign with him as kings and priests. That's us as believers. Look it up. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, it talks about how we're going to rule and reign those that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Is that you? That's me. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
We're going to be ruling and reigning as kings and priests. And, and if you read other places, that's going to take place in the millennial kingdom. We're going to have this rule. And possibly we're going to rule over territories. And we're going to, we're going to be kings and priests. We're going to minister. And I don't know. There's not enough to, to really know exactly what that's going to look like. But that sounds pretty radical, doesn't it? But we're priests here on earth. Do you know that? We're called to be priests here on earth. In other words, we're, we're called to minister to one another. We're, we are called to be priests. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're called to minister. Being a priest, we don't have to wear special robes that they, the high priest had to wear. Can you say amen to that? I mean, I, that'd be terrible. I'm not coming against anyone that wears robes, but I'm so thankful I don't have to wear the robes and the sashes and all the colors and all the hats and all this stuff and walk out like this. I'm so thankful that we're, we're not called to do that. That was the old priesthood. That was the old, in the old covenant, the old testament. That's what they were called to do. But we are, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are robed with the white robes of righteousness in the spiritual realm. Can you think through this with me for a second? In the spiritual realm, we know that there's powers and principalities, you know, dark angels, there's good angels and stuff. And somehow, if we're robed in righteousness and white robes of righteousness, I wonder how we'd look in the spiritual realm. I really do. I think through that kind of stuff. I, I know, pray for your pastor, but I think about that stuff. It's almost like the demonic realm and evil. It's like if we're truly born again, we have a hedge about us. It's like the, the devil, there's a, there's a hedge over us. And we've got this. So I wonder, you know, what we, we truly look like in the spiritual realm. But we know we're kings and priests and we're going to rule and reign forever. That's part of our benefit package. That's pretty encouraging, isn't it? What are you called to do in ministry? What are your gifts? What are our talents? Do we know them? I pray that we know them. And it's not, we're not all called to full-time ministry in the church. We're, but we all are called to full-time ministry. Do we know that? Your ministry might be to your next-door neighbors. Your ministry, you know, baking them cookies or whatever, loving on them in some way or another, or your coworkers or whatever it is. But, but God has called us in a ministry. We're all to minister to one another. We're to minister to others. We're to, to be ministers proclaiming the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're to let people know how good God is. I remember when God called me out of the corporate world into full-time ministry and it started in like 1996. I went to a, a pastor's conference. I was a, a part-time youth minister there in Michigan. And so my brother-in-law, the pastor of a Calvary chapel that I was serving at, uh, he asked me if I would go, you know, if I'd like to go with him to a, a, a pastor's conference in Indiana. So I said, I'd love to. So it was my first pastor's conference. I was so excited. And I remember the teaching was going on and I was just blown away. Chuck Smith and Damian Kyle and just other, you know, just great Bible teachers. And I was just sitting there in my seat. And, and after one of the teachings, I remember I just sitting there and just, just the, God was speaking so clearly to me. I, I didn't even want to move. I don't know if you ever had one of those moments. I was just like, God, you're just so good. And, and God, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. And so we had a break. And after the session, everybody gets up and they're using the restroom and doing their things. And I, I didn't even want to move. I'm just sitting in my seat. And I'm just saying, talking to God. I'm like, God, you're so good. And I can't believe that you've allowed me to come to this conference. And you're so wonderful. And then I saw the worship team going on, practicing for the next session. And they, so they're, they're up there kind of practicing, setting up. I remember looking at them and thinking, wow, it must be awesome to be in full-time ministry. You know, that must be great. And, the, and just the thought that was in my head as I'm just kind of talking to the Lord. And clear as day, clear as day, God said to me three words, let it go. And I knew he was talking about my job, the corporate world. 
And I was just overwhelmed. I was like, wow, let it go. And at that point, I worked for a company, a water meter company back in Michigan. I shook hands to be 51% owner of a, of a corporation. But it didn't matter to me. I'm like, God, if you're speaking to me, let it go. I'm just going to let it go. I, I want to do whatever you want. I want to be in the center of your will. So I, I spoke with my brother-in-law, the pastor, and he gave me great counsel, wise counsel. He said, you know, if that's God, he'll confirm it, just like young Samuel. If God speaks, he'll, he'll confirm it. He'll speak again. I, that was awesome counsel. I said, you're right. Yeah, that sounds good. So I'd read the Bible, and it's through reading the word of God, I felt the Lord saying, yeah, let it go, let it go, let it go. And I was like, well, Lord, I need a good confirmation. And four, year, four years later, there is a youth camp. Being the youth minister there at the time, I was excited about it. I read the whole thing about this youth camp. It was in Indiana. I was in Michigan. This is in Indiana. So talk to the youth, and they're excited. It says some, this California kid, Joey Baran, never knew, heard who he was, didn't know who he was. I'm a Michigan kid. You know, so California kid, Joey Baran. I'm sure, do you guys know who he is at all? Anybody know? Yeah, okay, good. So it says he's going to be the speaker. And I'm like, oh, that's exciting. Some guy named Jeremy Camp. I don't know if you've heard of him before. Jeremy Camp, he was going to just do the worship. It's a guitar, just play worship. And so Jeremy Camp was there playing worship. Powerful conference or camp. It was wonderful. God was doing wonderful things with the kids and myself. And it was just a, just a wonderful thing. And Joey Baran, one of the last teachings that he did, he was teaching out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. He was teaching about how there's a time and a season for everything in our life. There's a time to live, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry. Didn't they make a song out of that? And out of the blue, as he's speaking and saying that, he stopped his whole study and he said, somebody in here, God spoke to them about their, their job, about your work, and he hasn't said anything to you except let it go. And he says, you need to let it go. And the hair on the back of my head stood up. <laughs> I almost wanted to stand up and say, I'm that person. Yeah. God has said it to me. And I knew God has confirmed to me that I need to let it go. So that was a weekend in, in the year 2000. So on that Monday morning, I went to my boss. I said, you know, I need to let this go. And I says, I knew, I know I shook your hand. I says, I'm a man of my word. I said, if you want me, if you hold me to that, I'll stay with this company. I says, I've given you 110%. And he's like, can we give you more money? Can we do it? I says, no, it's not about money. And that's when he said, why don't you take 30 or 60 days off? And think about this, a big move, and that's, you know, he let me keep everything, you know. He just said, here, take, take, you know, just take some time. So I took 60 days off, and that's when I tried to go to Nicaragua, Nicaragua to do ministry. God said, no, he wanted me to go to California. Why did he want me to go to California? Because that beautiful woman right there was there. <laughs> so you know the story. I already talked about that. That's how I met Kathleen, and if you didn't hear that story, please get the tape, because it's a, a fascinating story how God put that together, put us together. But I started serving. As we're talking about serving, I started serving at Calvary Costa Mesa, because she was working at Calvary Costa Mesa. I just answered the phones, was there to help out. In a short period of time, they asked me to come on full-time staff over there, and that's how God opened the door. That was back in 2000. This is 18 years later, and God is just so good. I can tell you that. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need to minister. I'm called to minister full-time in the church. We're all called to full-time ministry. What are you called to do? You're a royal priesthood. I want to give you a verse that goes good with that. It's on the bottom of the screen here. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to, to who? As good stewards. Are we being good stewards 
of the manifold grace of God, if you experience the grace of God, his goodness, his grace, his favor, we're to minister to one another. So if you're being discouraged, if you're being, you know, just weighed down, if you're, I just want to encourage you, please find out what you're called to do. Serve the Lord, serve one another. We only have a short time here. Do you know that? I believe that. I don't know what your eschatology is, your end time belief is, but I believe the imminency that that Christ Jesus can come back at any time and take his church. Anytime. And I know there's some here, maybe you have a different eschatology. Maybe you think that, you know, the, the rapture's in the middle of the tribulation or at the end of tribulation. You could be wrong. It's okay. But uh, <laughs> just, just joking. But it doesn't matter what your eschatology is. That doesn't, that's not an essential. The, 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 the thing is, is we should be serving him. According to God's word, we're his royal priesthood. Do you know you're a priest or a minister? Minister ser- simply just means to serve. Can I add this? I, I've been so excited. Do you see what's going on in Syria? Do you see what's going on in the Middle East? Do you see everything lining up? I, I bring this up every once in a while because of the fact that, that that's our time clock. When we see Israel and we see what's happening in Israel, and we, we you know, this is our time clock. We know that, that because of what's taking place, you know, Ezekiel 38, personally, this is my belief. I totally believe this. It can happen at any time. Ezekiel 38 talks about Russia, Iran, Turkey. They're going to have an alliance. Libya, they're all going to be together. And they're already formed together. They're already, they have a military alliance already. We're, we're taking our troops out of Syria. Do we know uh, Isaiah 17 verse 1 tells us Damascus is going to be a ruinous heap. We don't know when that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Not only that, that they're going to come down. Israel's going to, excuse me, Russia in this army, this alliance is going to come down from the north. They're going to come down and attack Israel. And that could very well be Ezekiel 38 taking place. We're seeing it form, I believe, with all my heart. And why do I bring that up? Because it's very possible we have a short time here. But we're to live that way. Do we know that? We're to live as if we can go at any time. We're to occupy, but we're to live as we can go at any time. That was total sidetrack distraction there. Sorry about that. But let's get back in our text. Amen? <laughs> let's go back in the text. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. If you're a note taker, holy just simply means, you probably know this already, it means to be set apart. We're called to be set apart. As we start this new year, as was brought up, this is our first Sunday of the year. I want to start this new year off right. And I want to end right. We're called to be set apart. If you're a believer today, you're called to be set apart. I can tell you right now, you are miserable if you're not set apart to God as a believer. You're miserable. When I deviate and I start deviating from God's will and going outside of the things of God, I am miserable. It's miserable. It's a miserable existence. So can I say this to all of us that are here? Please hear me. Can I exhort? Can I encourage you today? Be set apart to God. Let's start this year off right, guys. There's going to be distractions to keep you away from the things of God. Push it aside. There's going to be temptations that are going to tempt you to keep you away from the things of God. Can I exhort you? Please push it aside. There's going to be allurements that are going to try to allure you away from the things of God. Can I say, push it aside? There's going to be things that are going to creep in your life to try to waste time and can I exhort you, can I encourage you, push it aside. We're called to be a holy nation. We're called to be set apart to the things of God. We're to push aside those things that are going to distract us, that are going to lure us, that are going to tempt us. We're in a battle. 
Let's seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I don't know about you, but I can stand up here with 100,000% assurity and say, I want, when I step into the presence of the Lord, I want to hear those words from him. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of the Lord. And I want to do my best as the pastor of this church to exhort us all in faith and good works to be set aside for him. You might not be called to full-time ministry in the church, but you are called to full-time ministry to be holy and separate to him, to be used for his glory. And the best thing is God is awesome and he wants to do awesome things. These last few weeks, I've been telling the testimony, how the church started, how I met my wife, and telling that there's a reason why I'm kind of telling all these stories because I want to brag on God to tell you how good my God is and how good your God is. And hopefully even to stir you up to jealousy to say, yeah, that's God. God can do this. And he has no respect of persons. I am nothing special up here. I was the lowest of the lowest. And he, he reached down and he pulled me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and he washed me off and he cleansed me. And he said, this is the way. Go this way. And my question is, where is he telling you to go? What is he telling you to do? And I would just say, be faithful in your workplace. Be faithful to the ministry that God has called you to. Be faithful to whatever God has called you to do. Be his faithful servant because you're holy. You're set apart. We don't have to be like this world. Actually, let me say it this way. We are not to be like this world. They might say you're peculiar people. Yeah, we are. We're kind of peculiar. But guess what? We've got direction. We know where we're going. We don't need to be like you. As a matter of fact, you need to be like us because God wants to save them. God wants to change them. We're a holy nation, his own special people. Again, do you know that you're special to God? Do you know something that's ordinary can become of great value depending on who owns it? God owns you. You're very special. I read about a pair of sneakers. They were auctioned off. At an auction, they sold for $190,000, a used pair of sneakers, 190000 Why? Because at one time they belonged to Michael Jordan. Ordinary sneakers, great value. I don't think I could get five bucks for my old sneakers. <laughs> Do you know the white dress that Marilyn Monroe wore, that famous one or the one that everybody knows about? Do you know what it sold for? $4.6 million. $4.6 million. Why? Because who owned it? It was an ordinary dress, white dress. Honey, do you have any dresses we can sell? <laughs> the, ordinary, the ordinary becomes very valuable because of who owns it. You're a special person in God's sight. He owns us. Your life is no longer yours. He purchased you. He paid for you. I'll give you one more, Napoleon's sword. What do you think that sold for? Actually, his sword, it, was, it broke a world record for the most expensive weapon sold at an auction. So that'll give you a hint how much it sold for. It sold for $6.5 million, a sword. Why again? Because of who owned it. Yeah, Napoleon's sword, $6.5 We are his own special people, his own special people that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're special, we're royalty, we're chosen, we're holy. For what purpose? To proclaim the praise of him who called us out of darkness 
Has he called you out of darkness? Are you a child of light? I can easily say that. God called me out of darkness. Matter of fact, my sister, when she prayed for me, she said, it's never happened. She's prayed for many different people that have received the Lord. She says, but from me, when she prayed, she saw black go out of me. Believe me, black was inside of me. I was bad. I was just dark. But I'm a child of light. He pulled us out of darkness and he brought us into his marvelous light. Why? It's not just that we would be proud and tell everyone, hey, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm special to God. I'm a holy nation. No, we're called to proclaim how good God is. Do you know that word proclaim means to advertise? Are we advertising for him? Do you realize you're part of God's advertisement agency? We're to advertise for him. We're to let people know how good our God is. Before I was saved, I remember my sister would tell me about you know, how good God is and God is doing this in my life, God's doing that in my life. God's and I remember being an unbeliever thinking, Does, is God that current in people's lives? Can he really be that intimate? And it would drive me crazy. I'd hear these stories and say, she's gotta, be not, she's gotta be crazy, there's no way. Until I became a believer, I realized we have such a good God. We're to proclaim his praise. Let's start this year off right with Christ the one who bought us, the one who died for us, the one who bled for us. Let's tell everybody how good he is. And believe me, they're not going to want to hear it. They're not going to want to listen to us. A lot of people are, but there's some out there that need to hear the truth. Everyone needs it, but not everyone's going to receive it. Get his word out with this new year. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I love that. I try to do that as much as I can. The things that I read in the morning, my morning devotion, I try to get it out. I try to memorize it. And then when someone talks to me, I try to interject with that scripture as much as I can. And it's so powerful. Why do I do that? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We can't give it out unless we receive it. I remember somebody telling me, this, a person told me, this is, you know, pastor, I need to tell you this, you know, I, I know this is going to bless you. You know, I sleep with my Bible every night. And I said, that is really, and really. And I said, that is awesome. I said, so you read it every night? No, I, I don't read it that often. <laughs> Seriously. I go, so, wait, so you don't read it that often? He goes, no, I don't really have time. I usually fall asleep. I don't usually read it, but I, I just like holding it when I go to bed and it, I feel real protected. I go, and I says, well, can I love you in this when I say this? You, you need to read it. You used to go in here too, you know, you need to, you need to read it. We need to read the word. We need to proclaim the praise of him who called us out of darkness, advertise, tell people, let people know. Yeah, pastor, but they're going to get mad at me. Yeah, pastor, they, they won't like me. Yeah, pastor, I might lose my job. Yeah, pastor, whatever the excuses are. I'd say argue with, with the apostle Peter then. Because our word today is to proclaim the praise of him who called us out of darkness. Let's let people know. In closing, we're just going to close with this. Who once were not a people, that's us, the Gentile world, we were not a people, but now we are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. You and I deserve punishment, judgment, because we're we're sinners. But now we've obtained mercy. God is so merciful. We're going to heaven because of his great mercy. We're not getting what we deserve. So in closing... We have an awesome benefit package as believers, don't we? Amen? God calls us special. He calls us his own, his own special people. That's us. Let's remember, not forget, all the benefits that we have. 
because we're believers in Christ. And let's start this year off right. Let's finish this year right, proclaiming the praise of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous, marvelous, marvelous life. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.